and stand with me. We'll go ahead and get started now. <laughs> go ahead and stand with me and turn to hymn number 321. Hymn number 321, My Sins Are Gone. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. ask why I am happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness That's good enough for me Praise God My sins are gone T'was at the old time altar Where God came in my heart And now My sins are gone The Lord took full possession The devil did depart I'm glad My sins are gone There Underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn, in the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. I'm living now for Jesus, I'm happy night and day because my sins are gone. My soul is filled with music, with all my heart I say, I know my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me, praise God, my sins are gone. Amen. Come ahead, Pastor. Well, if you're saved tonight, all your sins are gone. Amen. And sure thankful uh, for that great promise from the scriptures. Glad you're here uh, tonight and uh, looking forward to the preaching of God's word tonight. So pray for Brother Jack Parker as he will be preaching. And then, of course, uh, we'll have a baptismal service uh, right after that tonight as uh, uh, Gentry uh, Gutierrez is going to follow the Lord in baptism. And then do be much in prayer for a lot of our families that uh, just have this uh, flu and, and sickness and, and stuff. Uh, also, if you would pray for Miss Carolyn uh, Moore. And uh, I don't know uh, if many of you uh, may know from social media and, and stuff like that, but she ended up having an episode Wednesday. Uh, they had to take her to the ER and uh, ended up, uh, after checking things out, realized that she needed a pacemaker. And so they were able to put that in, and she went through all of that just uh, fine and was able to get home to be with her family, I believe, Thanksgiving evening or afternoon or evening uh, time. And uh, it's amazing how quick they can do that stuff nowadays, uh, but sure thankful for that. But do pray uh, for her. And then if I, I really, I, I was thinking about all of the families that are sick tonight. If I start mentioning names, I'm going to forget somebody, but we do have a lot of our families that are just battling flu and, and sickness and, and stuff like that. But I did want to mention uh, Brother Dan and Miss uh, Lynn Wills. Their kids have had RSV, and so if we could pray uh, for them and, and certainly remember their uh, family in prayer, I know they would appreciate uh, that. Brother Jim Wisdom, would you pray for us uh, tonight?
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Just wanted to mention a few uh, things. Of course, we're finishing up here uh, the uh, month of November. This coming Wednesday night, Brother uh, Tim uh, Quinlan's going to be preaching our main service uh, here upstairs. And so uh, be, be much in prayer for him and be in your place. And then, of course, uh, this next Sunday, uh, going to be hosting missionary Kurt King, uh, uh, missionary to Albania. His wife, uh, Bonnie, will not be able to be uh, with us. He did email me last week and let me know uh, that she's going to be down uh, in Florida with her great-grandson. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's a pretty good reason right there. Amen. Uh, but uh, looking forward to ho- having him, and he's going to be here and preaching. And then uh, we've got some other things uh, coming up throughout the month of December. Ladies, there's a ladies' meeting and Christmas party and that is December the 6th, which is on Tuesday. And so, ladies, make sure you are aware of that. And I'm sure there'll be all the secret sister cult meeting and stuff that'll be going on there and all that stuff. So I know I know our ladies have a lot, lot of fun with that. And I love to harass them about that. Amen. Uh, but uh, I know they'll have a, a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And then, of course, if you have kids in the Faith Baptist School, uh, don't forget about that there is the Christmas program, and that'll be Tuesday, December the 13th, and that'll be at 7 o'clock, 7 to 9 uh, p.m., and then, of course, Wednesday, uh, we'll start uh, Christmas break, and so they'll be dismissing at noon that Wednesday, December the 14th, and won't be going back to school until Monday, uh, January the 2nd. Also, December the 14th is the second Wednesday in the month of uh, uh, December, and so we'll be having our annual uh, business meeting, and so looking forward uh, to that and taking care of some things that need to be taken care of. And then uh, December the 17th, which is on a Saturday, be our churchwide outreach, and something that we've done the last couple of years is to go out caroling uh, in uh, December and our outreach, and so looking forward to that. And so we're going to be doing that again uh, this year. That's Again, that's at 1030 uh, in the morning. And then December the 18th is the Junior Church Christmas Program. That's on a Sunday. That'll be during the morning service. And then Brother Dave Hardy will be here and be preaching uh, Sunday morning and, and Sunday night. And then, of course, uh, December the 25th uh, is uh, Christmas Day, and it is on a Sunday this year. be having one service that day, and it'll be at 1030 in the morning, so make sure that you're here uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, New Year's Day also falls on a Sunday, but we will have uh, regular services that day. And looking forward to starting out the new year in, in God's house. Amen. So excited about those things and some other things we have coming up for the month of December. Well, this morning we had Brother Luke Quinlan. He did our combined uh, Sunday school class and did a great job. He's trying to fulfill some commitments uh, for his uh, education there at Heartland Baptist Bible College and his training for the ministry. And so he preached this morning. And so tonight he's going to come and lead us in some congregational songs uh, and uh, just through the all the way up to the preaching, and so you come ahead, Brother Luke, and uh, fire away. They're all yours. All right. All right. You may stay seated, but if you would turn with me to hymn three twenty, hymn three twenty, we'll sing the first, the fourth, and the fifth verse. I will praise him. Hymn three twenty. When I saw the cleansing fountain. sin. I obeyed the Spirit's wooing when He said, Wilt thou be clean? I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. 
Christ cleans my heart from sin. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Brother Isaac Gutierrez, would you please pray for the offering? stand turn to hymn number 446 hymn 446 leaning on the everlasting arms sing all four verses hymn 446 what a fellowship what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning Leaning, 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 leaning 
one more song if we would turn to hymn number 118 hymn number 118 joy to the world sing all four verses hymn 118 job, didn't he? And uh, what a blessing. He came to me and I said, well, we don't have a special tonight because the two uh, families that we're going to sing are both sick. And I said, so you can put another song in there. And he said, it'll be a Christmas song. And I went, okay, I don't have to preach. So I figure this is a lot of good training going around tonight. Amen. Luke's uh, doing that. And, and Jack has got to walk right into preaching after a Christmas song. Amen. That's good training right there. Amen. And uh, listen, you're going to go out, and you're going to be going into all these, and who knows what you're going to run into. You just got to jump in there and preach, amen. Instant in season, out of season, brother. So come on ahead tonight. See, Luke's braver than me. I learned the hard way. Christmas songs are the hardest to lead. See, the couple that laugh know that that's true. See, I thought it'd be a great idea for our song leading five. Uh, It was first semester of my junior year, I'm pretty sure. And you had to come to class, at least when I was taking it, prepared to sing a 4-4 or a 3-4 timing song. And you just drew out of the hat, you know, whichever timing you got. And there was one guy who got the free pass. You just pass the final, go home. And the one guy who was the worst in our whole class 
He got the free pass. So he was rejoicing, but the rest of us, man. Well, I came with Away in a Manger as my 3-4, thinking that that would, oh, no problem. It's one of my favorite Christmas hymns. No problem. Everybody knows that this will be great. Worst decision I made for a final at Heartland. It did not go well. I still passed, but barely. So you were very brave, Luke. Great job. All righty. Well, uh, for tonight, we're actually going to be in the book of 2 Timothy tonight. 2 Timothy, if you would uh, stand with me there. 2 Timothy, uh, we'll start reading in chapter 3. We'll mainly four. Really looking forward to preaching through this tonight. We've been going through our series in First and Second Timothy on Wednesday night, and the team lasts for some time. And we're just now getting toward the climax of these letters of Paul here. And I've really thoroughly enjoyed preaching through them, seeing Paul's testimony, his heart to his son in the faith, Timothy, there as he's penned this final letter. So we're going to begin reading in 2 Timothy 3, verse number 10. The Bible says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but the Lord delivered me. We're kind of jumping into the middle of the thought here as Paul's been writing to Timothy and warning him about some of the, the dangers that are to come in his future as a pastor. This is kind of the older preacher to the younger preacher. He, he's preparing him for the, the perilous times that are ahead and the perilous times that they were in right now. And Timothy, I've faced some things. I, I've dealt with some things. But you, you know where I stand. He, he's warned him a lot of these false teachers and the false religions that were prevalent just as much in their day as they are in ours. And he's warning him of these things. But Timothy, you know my doctrine, my, my manner of life, the way in which I live, my, my purpose in life. It's my faith, long-suffering, charity, the, a love for these people, the patience, the persecutions and afflictions I've endured. He goes on, verse 12, "...yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus." shall suffer persecution. That, that's you and me, folks. That's all that shall live godly, we're, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. Paul, Paul could have written a few more chapters of just the things he went through. He was nice enough to Timothy to not recount all of them. Verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving, being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, you, you've been taught these things from the time you were a child. He's even referring back to chapter 1, mentioning his mother, his grandmother. The, Timothy, people have loved you. They, they've invested in you. They, they've taught you. They've preached to you. They've loved on you. Don't waste all of that love and investment of the truth of God's Word that's been poured into your life. Timothy, I've had an influence. You're my son in the faith. Don't throw all that away. And back in chapter 2, he names off a couple of other young men that Timothy probably knew quite well, that had fallen away, that had been, they'd been seduced by the, the sin and the wickedness of this world, the false religion that was taking place. He's warning him, pleading with him, my son, don't be torn away from the truth like so many others. You know these things to be true from the time of your childhood to now. The Scriptures which can make you wise 
Not just through knowledge, but through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul's given him over and over again his testimony. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He reminds him here in verse 16 as he's building here to his climax where we're going to be tonight. Verse 16, he reminds Timothy that all Scripture, all Scripture, all of it, is given by inspiration of God. It's not man's opinion. It's not made up. It's not a fairy tale. All Scripture given by inspiration of God. Think of the book of Proverbs where Solomon writes that every word of God is pure. It's clean. It's perfect. It's unchanging, immutable. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. Paul spent a lot of time building up to this point here in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, that will be our primary text tonight. But it's pretty hard to, to just jump into 1 and 2 of chapter 4. You've got you to build it up with Paul. And the teens have had it easy. They've had months and months of preaching through First and Second Timothy. But let's read here chapter 4, verse 1. This is really going to be our text tonight. After all that's been said, all that's come before, Paul now says, I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. And that charge is preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And we most certainly could go on tonight, but I really just want to focus on this thought of preach the Word And live the Word. Lord, as we come before You tonight, Lord, sure thankful, God, for Your Word and the preaching of it. Lord, the opportunity to preach it. Lord, do pray tonight that, Lord, You'd help each of us, Lord, to to take heed to Your Word as we read it, as we hear it preached, as many in here have the opportunity to preach and teach it as well. Because, Lord, we need Your Word. We need it. Help us, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated there, folks. Thank you. We've touched on it a little bit tonight as we read back through chapter 3, but Paul's really been building to this point here in chapter 4 for the entirety of 2 Timothy especially, and even 1 Timothy to an extent as well. As Paul's coming to the end of his life, as far as we're aware, this is the the last letter that Paul was able to write before he died there. So this is kind of his final words of fatherly wisdom, so to speak, to his son in the faith, Timothy. He's preparing to, to pass the torch to the next generation, the the older preacher who's seen some things, who's been through a lot, who, as would go on to say at the end of chapter 4, he's been faithful for a lifetime. He's fought a good fight. He's finished his course, but he's kept the faith along the way. In spite of the, the perilous times, the trials, the struggles, the difficulties, the pain that he's endured, he's stayed faithful. And he's challenging Timothy. He reminded him in chapter 1 of his mom, his grandmother who taught him, brought him up. Here recently in chapter 3, he spent a lot of time warning him of the the sin and the weakness of this world at the beginning of chapter 3, the the perilous times that are ahead. Timothy, these are the people you're going to be preaching to. I mean, 
lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breaker. He goes through these long lists in verses 2 and 3. This is who you're preaching to, Timothy. But it doesn't, the God's people don't get a free ride because verse number 5 says, having a form of godliness. A form of godliness. Lots of wickedness in our, our wicked and sinful world. Timothy, there's people in our churches that they just have a form of godliness, just kind of going through the motions. What some of us might call fake. Timothy, be careful. Be careful, Timothy. It's important to understand these things. He's built up to this idea. He's warned them of the false teachers, the false preachers that are all over the place that prey on these young men who are, who are fresh and who are hungry to learn. Timothy, that's why it's so important that you know the truth because there's no greater defense against lies than to know the truth. To know the truth. Waste all this love poured into you by your, your mother and your grandmother. Taught the truth. You, you've studied to show yourself approved unto God in 2 Timothy 2.15. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Timothy, you, you've lived a lot of it with me. Timothy was with Paul for a lot of times. He's lived it. He's felt it. He's endured it. He's been through it. Right alongside him. He, he knows it's not made up. It's not a game. This is real life living for God. So don't give up. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. He shares his own testimony with Timothy as we began reading. Paul's endured far more than any of us in here, I'm sure, will ever go through or would certainly want to go through in life. He challenges Timothy to, to stay with it even when it's painful. Even when Timothy's facing things that Paul never faced. When it's difficult and all you want to do is stop. Up. That Timothy, you can take comfort that, that Christ came. He died on the cross and was buried and rose again. The, the gospel gives hope. Gives hope, Timothy. You've seen the gospel at work. You, you can trust it because it isn't my words. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. I love how Paul really, he just naturally walks Timothy through all of these thoughts. That, and that's how you conclude chapter 3 with the, the truth that, that it is God's word. And with, with all these things in mind, Paul transitions his, the, what he's been building to see that the, the false teachers, the, the training that you've had as a, a young man, as a child, up to warning him of the false teachers, the love that Paul's poured into them, the, the persecutions, the difficulties that they faced together, reminding him of the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth that all, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. Timothy, these are the people you need to preach to, our, our wicked world, God's people who we're still sinners. We still make mistakes. Timothy, all of this in mind, all of these things, after all that's come, all that you've been taught and prepared for, it comes to this charge. I charge thee, therefore, before God. This charge isn't Paul's authority. He makes it clear that this is the authority of the Lord before God. And he reminds them who is coming again. The Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. He is coming again. Again, this is true, Timothy. 
He is coming again. He could come in any moment like a thief in the night. And we have a duty to uphold, Timothy, that until that day comes, when he comes again, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who's coming again. Timothy, this is what you do until that day comes. You preach the word. Preach the word, Timothy. Preach it with the authority of the word of God. All that he's built up to, he charges him to preach the word. It's the older preacher to the younger preacher. Preach the word, Timothy. Timothy, what do you do, what do, you do about these perilous times? You preach the word. You preach the word. What do you do with all these people out here that are fake, that are just going through the motion? Preach the word. That's what they need. They need the preaching of God's word. The love of the preacher who's preaching God's word. Timothy, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many people show up and how many people are sick, preach the Word. No matter how little they may... Times it feels like, are they even listening? Pastor, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I remember, and maybe Luke can relate, in uh, our preaching class, they used to talk, talk a lot about it. Times it feels like there's just a brick wall between you and the people out there. I know I've faced that with, with the teenagers that... That's hard. Timothy, when it feels like there's just a wall up, like is anything getting through? Just keep preaching the Word. Preach the Word. When all seems overwhelming and lost and difficult, preach the Word. He goes on with this charge to say, be instant in season and out of season. The idea here being, Timothy, whether they like it or not, whether it's wanted or not, preach the Word anyway. Whether it's convenient or not, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Have you ever heard me preaching and got a, a little upset because it feels like he's kind of targeting me? Did, was he been watching me this week? When he ran into me at Walmart, was he taking notes? Had his phone out, taking videos or something, writing that down as he got back in the car? Well, no. Firstly, that's, that's just called the Holy Spirit, my friend. So uh, maybe don't. Instead of getting mad at the preacher, you can get mad at God. <clears throat> But what a preacher is supposed to do, whether it may hurt some feelings or, or ruffle some feathers or not, is preach the Word. Because we may not like it, but we desperately need it. We desperately need it. Then he gets into these few aspects here uh, about preaching and how it sure will help you if you'll just listen to it. Reprove. Reprove. It's one of the words that he even has previously talked about back in verse 16 of chapter 3, going over just the reading of God's Word. Because if you're really reading God's Word that is inspired by God, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, it'll reprove you. It'll help you. And it certainly applies to preaching as well. It'll correct you, admonish you, challenge you. It won't just let you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. I believe it's Albert Einstein's definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. It doesn't work. You're a crazy person. Do you think it's going to change anything? God's Word will let you just keep making the stake without caring about you enough to say something. I've had to tell some of the teenagers before, if I didn't care, I wouldn't say anything. Some of the moms and dads in here, I'm sure, could echo that. If you didn't care about your child, you'd never correct them. 
Just let them keep doing the thing that would hurt them. Preaching isn't trying to attack you, it's trying to help you. Even if you're in the you may get wet section and you get a little uncomfortable once in a while, he's trying to help you. He's not attacking you. He loves you. He cares for you. We'll sit there and get so offended and upset about what's preached. But no, the Word of God's profitable for you. We need it. The preaching of it's profitable for you. You know, it, it, it warms my heart. And it, I, I love to see when one of my two insane children is hanging out by the staircase in the foyer and how many people just instantly are like, oh! Instantly just trying to catch him and stop him. What, what does that mean? That means you care. You don't want to see Jason go tumbling down the stairs. I do once in a while, but not most of the time, no. It was a joke. Some of you laughed. You want to jump in and help them. Correct them. Protect them. Protect them. Well, your preacher's heart is to keep you off the stairs, my friend. <clears throat> Rebuke. It's very similar to reprove. They're often used interchangeably. But this is when you really you need to make something right. What you're doing is wrong, and the Word of God's going to rebuke you. How you're treating people, how, how you may be acting, behaving, your attitude, your, your character. The Word of God will stop you, rebuke you. Perhaps even lying or cheating. Whatever the sin may be, God's Word and the preaching of it is here to help wake you up. To repent. To make things right with God. To, to change. Because if your pastor never preached about sin, he wouldn't be a very good pastor. He's here to, to rebuke, reprove, correct. Timothy, you, you need to do these things. Again, it all ties back to the, the charge that this isn't your authority, Timothy. It's the authority of God's Word. You're, you're the conduit for the truth here. Be instant, in season, out of season. Whether they like it or not, you need to love them enough to rebuke them, reprove them, preach to them, help them. Because Timothy, you need to preach what God wants you to preach. Pastor's not in his office with your name on a, on a sticky note, Googling things, passages to look for to preach at you. It's his duty to, to preach the Word of God. Exhort. To challenge you. To be greater. To do more for the Lord. And encourage you. See, not everything with preaching is like fire and brimstone and you're all going down. Exhort. Encourage. Encourage. Exhorting one another to do more for the Lord. Paul, Paul's done this so much throughout First and Second Timothy. I mean, that's so much of the, the warnings. It's encouraging him, challenging him to, to not quit, to keep being faithful, to, to do more for God, to do what's right. And while so many times we as people, were, we get so busy living our lives or, or, or attacking the man of God or, or neglecting the things of God or, or even just being apathetic, lazy, not wanting to do anything, just going through the motions, and that's as deep as it gets for you. He's in challenging him. Timothy, exhort these people, encourage these people to, to do more for God, to really serve God with, with their whole life, with every aspect of their life. Not just to go through the motions. Challenge not to be idle, but to be active in serving God. To be active in serving God. And serving God doesn't have to be a, a big ministry. There's all sorts of ways to serve God. There are far more ways to, to serve God without a, a title than, than you may realize. 
Don't have to have your name on a, on a plaque or on an office door or a Sunday school classroom. There's still plenty of ways you can serve God too. Serve God where you're at because it's not about what you do. It's your heart being willing to do anything. Serving God's not about what you do. It's your heart being willing to do anything. Lord, whatever you'll have me to do. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Whatever your heart, it's, it's your heart. It's your heart. So let me challenge you tonight to, to serve the Lord wherever you're at. Do the, the unseen things, the things nobody else wants to do. I, I tell the teenagers that, you know, and, and we pick on teenagers a lot, but most of us adults are, are just big teenagers. <clears throat> Some of us are the same size or smaller. <clears throat> do, it, do what doesn't get you attention. I have two little kids. Pretty much all they want is attention. All the time. Adults are kind of that way too sometimes. We just don't manifest it the same ways. We're not as loud about it, but in here we really just still want that. We want the promotion. We want to be noticed. We want to be encouraged and told, great job. We feel like we're doing something wrong if no one's telling us anything. Do the unseen things. Nobody will ever notice, but it just gets done. Because you love the Lord and you love His people enough to just do it. Don't have to be embarrassed or, or afraid to go ask your preacher, hey, how can I help? He, he wants you to. He wants you to. It's being willing to serve God however you can. Exhort with all long-suffering. This one at times may be more for the preacher than the hearer. Timothy, be patient. Even when it really just seems like they're just not getting it. How clear can I make it? I've used three different illustrations and they're still just looking at me with drool coming out of their mouth. Be patient with them, Timothy. Keep preaching at them. Love on them. Don't, don't give up on them. No matter the trials that go on, no matter the difficulties that, that, that the people out here will never understand or know about. Timothy, there's things you're going to go through that no one else will understand. I, I mentioned back in chapter 3, Paul barely scratched the surface of what he endured. He only mentions Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. Read the book of Acts. There, there's a whole lot longer list Paul could go through of the things he suffered and endured. Timothy, they, they may not ever fully understand. Keep preaching. Don't give up on them. You, you, you should never have to worry about coming into church and your pastor's like, well, folks, sorry, I, I just had a lot going on this week, so I don't really have anything ready. That'd be a bummer. Some people probably leave. Like, well, he doesn't have it. What kind of preacher is he? <clears throat> you take your car to the mechanic shop, and they're like, well, sorry, I left all my tools at home. I got nothing. You... What kind of mechanic is that? I could probably find like a screwdriver somewhere or something. That's about as qualified as I get. You'd be pretty worried, pretty concerned. But there's certainly that temptation for preachers at times. What's the point? Paul faced a whole lot of discouragement. He even, think about what, what Paul's thinking of here. How many of those young men that he named... How many names could he have named to Timothy of other sons in the faith, of other young men who he'd invested in, he'd loved on, and seen them get torn away from the, the false teachers 
That's why he's so vehement to his son Timothy. Timothy, don't, don't do this. Keep preaching God's word. Be faithful. Don't, don't waste all the, the love and investment that the, these people ha, have poured into your life. Don't waste it. Don't just throw it away. Timothy, just preach the word. I know it's hard. Believe me. I've been through some stuff. But don't give up on them. Even when it feels like they don't get it, why, why won't the numbers go up? Well, it's COVID. Well, it's this. Well, it's, well our, our giving is down. Timothy, even when it gets hard, even when it gets difficult, just keep preaching the Word. Be faithful, Timothy. Faithful. Long-suffering. Don't give up on them. We prepare, study, pray for you. The, she- the under-shepherd cares about the sheep that God has given him charge over. Because you need the preaching of God's Word. I need the preaching of God. We, we all need the preaching of God's Word. We all need it. We can get mad at the preacher all we want, but if he's a preacher worth his salt, he's never going to stop preaching the truth. The last one here tonight, verse 2, is doctrine. Timothy, preach the whole truth of God's Word. The whole truth. So that, so that you can learn what God has said. Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. So preach it. All of it. Don't leave something out because, well, that's a little awkward. Well, I don't know if this really works in our, in our, in our society today. In our day and time. I don't want to make a visitor uncomfortable. No, Timothy, it's doctrine. Preach it. Preach the Word. Preach the whole truth of God's Word. Don't hold back. Don't try and change it or, or make it sound a little softer. No, just preach the Word. Preach it, Timothy. Preach so that people can know about salvation by grace through faith and not of themselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Preach about Baptist baptism. Preach about the the second coming, the pre-tribulational rapture. So many things and more that that you're going to hear over and over and over and over again. And we at times get the attitude of, well, is he just going to keep preaching the same thing? Read your Bible, pray every day, go to church. Just keep preaching it, Timothy. They'll get it someday. Yeah. How, did you teach your children, like, don't lie once and just expect them to get it and never lie again? That doesn't work. Keep teaching them. Keep teaching them. Because we're the same way. We've already established we're all just slightly bigger kids. Keep preaching to them, Timothy. Over and over and over. Don't ever let them forget of the truth of God's Word. Because there's people all over this world. There's a a church on every corner that would love to have you there and pull you away from the truth of God's Word to start giving to them your time, your money, your attention. Plenty of YouTube videos that would love your, your subscription to start listening to what they say. Plenty of podcasts that would love you to follow them and start listening to what they say. But Timothy, just keep preaching the truth of God's Word because they need that truth over and over and over and over again so that you never forget. The best defense against the lies of this world is to know the truth. Because when you hear one, you'll recognize it immediately. Wait a minute, that doesn't match up with what I've heard preached. That doesn't match up with all the Scripture that's given by inspiration of God. That doesn't match up. Keep preaching, Timothy. We'll stop here for tonight as far as going through the text goes. And there's certainly plenty more. 
plenty more we could go into tonight. But I want to leave you with a, a definition here. I'm not normally a, a huge definition guy when I, when I preach, but I, I think it really ties into the, the application. I saved it for the end because I think it, it really helps illustrate preaching. Preaching. What is preaching? We say it all the time, right? Preach the Word. Preacher quoted this text, not even knowing I was going to preach it, as I was coming up to preach it. It's a common thought. We sing the song of preach the Word. Well, what does that really mean in its context here? What's so incredible about preach the Word, the idea here is to herald. A herald. Well, what's a herald? Just like a guy named Harold? No, no, it's kind of... Maybe think about like a, a king or knights and stuff, and you, you had the, the one guy that would declare when the, the king was coming, Hear ye, hear ye what the king has said. Hear ye, hear ye what the king has declared. He was summoning the king. He, he was announcing for all to hear clearly and accurately what the king has already said. His job was to herald the truth as it came from the king. It wasn't the herald's opinion. If he changed it, manipulated it, or messed it up, it wasn't accurate to what the king had already decreed. He wasn't a herald for much longer. His job was to clearly and boldly declare the truth that came directly from his king. Timothy, herald the truth. Preach the word. Timothy, it is your job to clearly and boldly communicate what your king has already declared. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's pure, it's perfect, it's profitable. So your job is to clearly communicate it to the people that need it. That's everybody. Preach the word, Timothy. Herald the truth. Herald the truth. So that means if you don't like it, or it makes you uncomfortable, if you didn't like what the herald said, well, it's not really the herald's words. You can take it up with the king. Because it's God's word. It's not pastor's word. It's not mine, or the Quinlan, or the wisdom. It's not us. We're just heralds of the truth. Conduits for, for the word of God to come through clearly and boldly. Now, not everybody out here tonight is a, is a preacher like a Timothy or Paul, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But many in here are Sunday school teachers, bus workers, drivers, your parents, grandparents. The list could go on. And while this passage here tonight, and so much of the, the pastoral epistles, as they're called, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, is focused on preachers and that's true. It is focused on preachers and preaching specifically, but there's still certainly much application to be had for everybody, for all people. And a lot of it we've gone over already, but I want to leave you the thought, the way in which you can preach with your life. That there's a whole lot of people that would probably leave pretty quick if they heard someone stand up here and yell at them and proclaim the truth at them. And again, their, their problem at the end of the day isn't with the person standing up here. It's the king who already declared it. We're just the herald of the truth. But you may have an opportunity to sit across from them at the dinner table at Thanksgiving. 
Why do you keep going to church? Well, you can tell them. For some people, the best gospel they'll ever hear is you, your life. You can preach with your life, how you act at work, how you behave. I think even back to our, our small series through the life of Joseph and Potiphar's house, how the whole household saw God through Joseph. Joseph wasn't jumping up on the table going, hear ye, hear ye what the king hath said. Joseph just lived every day how God wanted him to live, and everybody around him saw God through him. How do people see you? At work, at school, at your home, your children? They watch you. They watch you very close. I'm learning that fact more and more every day, how closely they watch. How you treat people. How, how you respond to authority. We pick on kids a lot about how they respond to authority, but adults, let's be honest with ourselves here. How do we respond to authority? And my job, with, you know, driving, right? I drive all the time. FedEx guy. We have guys who constantly get pulled over for speeding. Now, I'm sure nobody in here would ever speed. Would never have an issue with that and had no problem with our police force or anything. But hear me out, okay? We'll just go along with it. <clears throat> Those same guys who speed, they, they get a little upset with that police officer that pulled them over. It's clearly his fault for pulling them over. He's way out of line for pulling over the oversized large vehicle that's supposed to be driven by a professional driver screaming down the road in the middle of the highway. It's his fault. When really it's the driver that broke the law, isn't it? He was speeding. He broke the law. That police officer didn't write the law. His job is just to uphold it. Sorry, buddy. The law applies to you, too. You made the choice to break it. Yet we do the same thing. Now, maybe it is speeding. That's between you and the police officer and the Lord, my friend. But we do the same thing with God in preaching, too. That we have a choice to do what's right. And when we don't, we, we blame our authority. Now, we might get mad at the pastor or blame him or get mad at our, our teacher or Sunday school teacher or bus driver. Whatever, whatever the case may be, we get frustrated and angry at them when really it's not them we're angry at, is it? Try and shift the blame that it's their fault. It's our pastor's fault. It's God's fault. It's not my fault. How do you listen to preaching? How do you listen to preaching? We hear a lot of preaching, don't we? And that's a good thing. I remember preaching a, a message in, in my class. Luke's had me nostalgic today for Bible college and thinking back to preaching and preaching out and things like that. I remember preaching to my classmates, and my main idea was essentially we, we hear preaching all the time, but are we really listening to it? Especially at Heartland, you'd have class Four, three or four classes a day that was basically just preaching. You'd have chapel twice a week, Wednesday night church, one of the visitations and have a message. I went to retirement home, so I had a message of the retirement home ministry, services on Sunday. You get the idea. I think I averaged out, did the math. It was something like 15 messages a week 
more or less, 15 to 20. A week. How much are you really listening to it? Because Timothy has been challenged by Paul, exhorted to preach the Word over and over and over. Don't ever stop. Don't give up. Keep preaching to them. Keep loving on them. Keep preaching. Are we listening to it? He reminds them that, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, so, and we're supposed to be reading that Scripture. Are we really reading it? Because just the Scriptures itself in 3 verse 16, they're, they're profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. They'll help you. Read them. Read them. The way that you receive preaching matters. I challenge our teenagers frequently that you can be an active participant in the service. You can say amen. I had a couple of the boys ask me not too long ago, is it okay if I say amen? Yeah! Yes! I haven't heard any of them tonight, but yes, it's okay. Good job, Luke. You can be an active participant in the service. How you receive preaching matters. Do, do you just sit there, folks, with your, your metaphorical arms crossed? I don't care what he preaches tonight. He's not talking to me. We often come in with the mindset of whether we're going to listen or not before we even come in. Just daring him to preach to you? Do you, do you really listen and care? Do you want God to speak to you? Because it's not him that's the problem. He's here. He's at work. Are you listening? Do you want God to speak to you? And do you listen when He speaks? Here's, here's, do, do you respond when He's spoken to you? Paul's been building up to this all for some time. This whole letter to Timothy really concludes here in verse 2. And Paul wraps up his final thoughts to follow. But he's challenged him to preach the Word. To herald the truth. Proclaim God's word with your life and character. All of us have the opportunity to preach the word with our life. It's your job, it's your home, Walmart, restaurants, it doesn't matter where you go. Preach the word, live the word, serve God any way that you can. Because serving God isn't about what you do. It's being willing to do anything. So folks, let me leave you with the same charge that Paul left Timothy to preach the Word. Let's all stand here tonight. Lord, I come before you tonight. Lord, I'm sure thankful for the the preachers and the people in my life who've preached the Word to me, be it from a pulpit or even just in quiet conversation, their character and testimony. Lord, the influence that people can have. Lord, I pray tonight and, and challenge these folks whom I dearly care for, Lord, that each of us would preach the Word that we would boldly proclaim your truth and your love with our lives to our families, our children, our friends, to the unsaved world, our community. Lord, that our life and character 
would clearly communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us not to shy away from it, to be ashamed of it, but Lord, to live for you. Lord, help us tonight. Lord, I pray all these things